A lifeguard shortage is affecting public pools across the country. The problem of child sex abuse in the Boy Scouts of America. This extremely tight-knit community shattered by gun violence. I don't want another young gymnast, Olympic athlete, or any individual to experience the horror that I and hundreds of others have endured. Closing pools nationwide is causing some unexpected people to step up. Welcome you all to episode six of Staffing Safety Society. I am Kevin Trapani. And I am Paige Bagwell. And Paige, today's headline is Halloween, your no, favorite holiday. That's not today's headline. You should know better. I mean, <laughs> I appreciate Halloween for the little children. I just struggle with the with all of the other stuff, like the, you know, witches driving into the house or the tombstones in the front yard. I do. I struggle with it. Now I'll take the candy all day, any day. <laughs> it's the other stuff. Got to go costume to get candy page. I keep telling yeah, you, which is why I will not be having candy tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. I'm a Scrooge when it comes to Halloween. Can't do it. Well, listen for our special Halloween episode of this podcast. We huh? have today's headline and it is hey, scary it is lies masquerading as truth. I know. And it's a, it's a scary headline for the world we live in today. It is. It's a little bit of a continuation from last week's conversation, but um, we saw even more this last week. And in fact, even the last day or so. So the, the headline that I would refer to is from New York Times yesterday, and it says Elon Musk in a tweet shares link from site known to publish false news. So mm-hmm. Mr. Musk has owned Twitter for about five minutes, and he has already posted a tweet that is just flat wrong. So let's just give the, everybody this story real quickly. Hillary Clinton posted a tweet after the attack on Paul Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi's husband. And she said, quote, hate and deranged conspiracy theories, end quote, had emboldened the man who attacked Mrs. Pelosi's husband. Right. In a reply, Musk writes, quote, there's a tiny possibility there might be more to this story than meets the eye. And he linked an article from the Santa Monica Observer. The article alleged that Mr. Pelosi was drunk and in a fight with a male prostitute. Right. Now, the Santa Monica Observer is owned by a one-time city council candidate, candidate, a guy named David Genezer, and it's notorious for publishing false news. In 2016, for example, the publication advanced a claim that Mrs. Clinton had died. This is 2016, that she had died, and that a body double was sent to debate the Republican presidential nominee, Donald Trump. Wow. This is not the first time. This stuff happens all the time with the Santa Monica Observer. Everybody knows it. Now, the police have said that Mr. Pelosi, 82-year-old man, as you know, was attacked with a hammer inside his home by a man who had broken in through the back door. There is no indication at all that Mr. Pelosi knew the attacker. Musk has said in the past, quote, Twitter obviously cannot become a free-for-all hellscape where anything can be said with no consequences, end quote. Paige, I can't help but feel, again, in honor of Halloween, I can't help but feel like today we're masquerading as a civil society when we're not. Our violence, anger, lying, materialism, and persistent othering 
are examples of a fading society eating away at itself. So the message of hope for me is our listeners. Right. Right. Youth serving, community based, nonpartisan organizations that teach all of us how to live into our shared values truth, empathy, respect. And the one that I know is big in your life, responsibility. Right, absolutely. I mean, we've talked about this on previous podcasts. I think we even talked about it last episode of being responsible, especially we've got the elections coming up um, in just about a week now, of doing your own research, understanding the truth, um, and understanding your part in that truth of what you choose to share, what you choose to get behind. Um, and so it does give me hope that our listeners come and listen to us every day, but they come to their life every day with a passion to, to, to love people around them, to open their doors and invite people in. And that's, that's the society I want to live in. You bet. And you know what? We're going to wake up on the morning of November 9th with most election results. Some will take for however long, but November 9th. We'll stop getting a text every five minutes asking for money. We'll stop seeing hate speech on the TV and falsehoods posted about one candidate or another. I want us to come to this in a way that lets youth organizations, community organizations lead us to our best selves instead of letting politicians lead us to our worst selves. Exactly. And don't forget that these organizations that lead us need us, which I think kind of goes into our conversation today around our topic is they're dealing with a lot of stuff right now, leading these organizations and how important they are to their communities. And so we're getting distracted by all this noise when we could really be focused and focused on a community effort to support these organizations that lead us in times like this. You bet. And you mentioned our topic for today. Paige, the fact is there are a lot fewer childcare workers and childcare options for people today. Yes. Yes. And, and it's not just, I mean, I think people, because you know me, I've got a background in working in a nonprofit, one that actually operated a shelter. It's not just childcare for those that are in desperate need. It is working families that just don't have options, working families that just don't have options. So we have a crisis today in childcare in terms of the options that are out there. Talk a little bit about um, what it is that is causing this problem. Why are there 100,000 fewer child care yeah. workers today, that's the fact, right, than there were right. at the beginning of 2020? You know, the pandemic, I think the pandemic escalated some things that, um, not just of what the pandemic was in our community, meaning they had, like, every company had to start thinking about vaccine requirements, now new licensing requirements of, like, how to operate child care safely for those that, because you had many child care you know, facilities that opened up pretty immediately because you have healthcare workers still working and all those things in the moment, but they had to all of a sudden learn new requirements and develop new practices and protocols around those. Um, but I think also you, we, a bunch of people went home and reevaluated, right? And so can you imagine what a tremendous responsibility it is to care for children every single day and to realize you're one of the lowest paid workers in our community to do that big responsible job, right? And that's not, you're competing with McDonald's and Chick-fil-A that are sometimes paying twice as much as a childcare worker is making. And so that's been, people have not come back to the workforce if they were in that industry before. Um, it is also a predominantly woman and predominantly people of color are in those jobs. And so if you think at the 
the height of the pandemic, when everybody came home, families had to readjust. Kids weren't back in school. So some moms had to choose to stay home. So they couldn't go back into the workforce. Um, And so what does that do to all this work we've been doing about empowering women and empowering people of color to follow their hearts and passions? It kind of, you know, it put a, a detour to that growth as well. And so this industry has been hit the most around those decisions and things that we've made as a society as far as how we handled the pandemic and things. And it's been really hard. It's been really, really hard. A lot of those people have taken a really big step back when you look at the presence of women in the workforce and people of color. Um, You know, you talked a little bit about competing here. And uh, what we know is that the average U.S. childcare salary is up to, by the way, significant increase in the last year to $13 an hour. But the point you made if you're at Target, you're stocking shelves, or you're at Amazon warehouse, you can easily be making 20 plus dollars an hour. Absolutely. You can go to McDonald's. I mean, there are some McDonald's in our location, Kevin, that are paying $18 an hour, $19 an hour. Right. And so you think you can, you think of, well, how do I want to spend my time? I'm balancing family. So you think of women and people of color, you're balancing raising children and family and groceries and laundry and all the things. Yeah. Now you're saying I can go have a job that has a tremendous amount of responsibility caring for children that are not my own for lesser pay than going to make more pay and just like knocking out my to do and go home. Right. Like, so, you know, when you start to think about what what's the best way for me to be a mom in that moment, people are making different choices. And really difficult spot. We, you know, we end up now with places that are truly childcare deserts where there just really <laughs> aren't available options. And as you pointed out, that keeps people from going back to work, right? So when Mm -hmm. you think about why are we not at the level of employment we want? Well, there are three obstacles in most places. There's housing is too expensive to be able to go and live and work in that place. I can't get transportation from where I'm able to to live, to go to where I need to work, and then don't have childcare available. And so those are the things that keep people away. But if you're a childcare provider, talk a little bit, Paige, about if I'm a a youth serving organization. I want to run after school childcare. Talk a little bit about what that means in terms of your costs and margins and all that kind of stuff. Right. And I think I want to point out as far as the childcare desert too, is, you know, you've got like, even in our community here, we have, you know, we have multiple shelters that are housing women and children and things like that. When you have childcare facilities that have closed from the pandemic, so it's just closed their doors. You have childcare facilities that have cut back staffs, which means they had to cut back their programming or cut back their numbers. And you've had folks that just can't have staff, right? They just can't operate that. And so when you think of those in society that desperately need that childcare, they just have no options. And so then you fast forward to some of, um, you know, the organizations we work with, work with that are offering those things, how much, you know, we're trying to debate on how many scholarships there are left. Because if there's not, I think the average childcare cost in the United States today is $10,000 a year. And there are some that are a lot higher that is more money than it costs to go to a state-supported university in the state of North Carolina, Kevin. And so you start to look at there's less options, there's less workers, right? There's there's an argument to be made. There might be less scholarships based on what our nonprofits are dealing with and how their donations are coming in or their right. membership, you know, things are working. And then you've got folks that just you know don't have housing and no other option. It, it is a perfect storm of. I don't know how to come out of this. And that's why those deserts are becoming bigger and bigger. Yeah, a really tough moment. In fact, I think we looked at a study here recently, 80% of the child care organizations across our country are challenged from a staffing capacity standpoint, not where they need to be given the demand for their services. So 
what do we do now? What, what are the solutions? I know you had a conversation here recently with somebody who had a pretty innovative solution. Yeah, I was talking to one of our organizations, actually a YMCA. Um, and I, I thought, I just love that they got creative because I think what they did, and I didn't, I was not sitting with them when they figured this out. They just shared this with me, but I can imagine them sitting there thinking, all right, we need people to care for children. We need people that love to do this work and that want to do this work, but we have to have something that entices them to stick it out with us, right? And so they were probably thinking, who am I competing with? You know, McDonald's, Chick-fil-A, restaurant down the street. And something clicked for them. They said, you know, restaurants down the street, these moms, a lot of times, especially the people we've been describing today, they're taking home tip money every single day. Like that's mm-hmm. cash in their pocket. It's their that pocket for really groceries immediately go to housing, all those types, immediately go to gas, right? Like all the things you need kind of on a daily basis. What if we paid our childcare workers daily? And I just thought like, what a light bulb is don't just say, gosh, we're competing with this. Like, and we just don't know what we're going to do. Think about like, okay, if that's what they're doing, can we do the same or in a different way? And so they're actually paying people daily. So they get to, at the end of the day, they have a check every day instead of every two weeks or sometimes once a month. And so they're not feeling so stretched. They feel like they've got this constant stream of income that helps them kind of balance all the things with life. And I just thought what, like, that's what we're asking people to do is think like, what are the creative pieces of like, who am I competing with? How can I entice people to stay? And I just thought that was a tremendous example of how creative you can get. Really outside the box. Right. I don't know that I would have thought of it. Right. Like I just think as soon as they said it, I was like, oh my gosh, that's, that's genius. But there's some stuff that's even simpler. I know you've talked to a lot of these folks too. A lot of the organizations that we have the blessing of working with are trying to find ways of taking what are really part-time jobs and making them full-time jobs. So it might be that for three hours after three o'clock in the afternoon or 2.30 or whatever, you're going to be caring for kids on the school side or whatever. But for the rest of the day, maybe you're working in some other administrative capacity in the organization. Because what we haven't talked about here is even if you pay an adequate amount for each of these folks, you're not paying 13, but you're paying $18 an hour. Mm-hmm. If you're offering a three hour a day job, that's even harder to compete for. People want benefits and they, they want a job that is connected to purpose. So trying to find ways to create full-time jobs instead of just a bunch of part-time jobs is another way that, to make our offering more attractive for people. Right. And I think, I mean, I, this is for lack of better words, but sometimes we treat these roles like childcare workers or lifeguards as, you know, younger, like you don't have to have as much experience to do these things. When in actuality, you want people that are ready to do like grown up work. This is saving lives work. And so treat them like they're adults, meaning give them good benefits, give them full-time work, give them options. The same YMCA that's being creative about paying every day is discussing unlimited vacation. And so think of looking at a young childcare worker coming into the, to the kind of industry and saying, we value you as an adult that wants to do this responsible work. And so we're going to treat you like one and give you days that you can be flexible. Imagine how those benefits change the conversation as far as longevity in the industry versus I'll do this for a little while until I find something that pays me a little more. Yeah, you bet. And, and of course, the operator says, well, wait a minute, this is a pretty tough situation. My margins are being squeezed and, and now you're increasing my costs even further. 
uh, but trying to make full time or trying to pay somebody more or offering unlimited vacation. What we talked about last week is making an investment in your staff. I want engaged employees, so I've got to engage my employees. So we have to find a way to create a different work environment for right. child care workers. Otherwise, you just get to the place where it's it's not a it's not possible. The dollars are not there, so now the providers will stop offering it, and we have a kind of a death spiral. So right. you want to create a, you create a career for people. Don't create a job. Create a career, and careers come with what do you what are the longevity kind of outlooks for benefits and development and growth within um, your organization. So don't be short sighted on I just need somebody to fill the job. Yeah, and I know you've been really great about talking over the years about finding non-traditional workers in these roles. You mentioned it's almost always women, almost always people of color, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's Those are great opportunities if they are well-paying jobs, but there may be seniors in your community who would like a three-hour-a-day job, and they would be wonderful at this kind of work, but it's not clear to me that we recruit in those communities as hard as perhaps we can. So uh, what we'd like to do is ask folks to engage with us. Um, if right. you, there's no question out there that there are wonderful opportunities that we haven't thought of, creative opportunities. We'd like to share those on the podcast in a week or two. So just um, go take a look and, and see what you can think of. And you can drop us an email. And, and the email, if I can get it right here, is at yep. Redwoods. No? Community. Yeah, you're the right. Community at redwoodsgroup.com. Yep. That's community. probably the easiest email. Yep. Mm -hmm. Community at redwoodsgroup.com. We're also on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at Redwoods Group. So find us there if you just want to shoot us something over social media. But that either way will work and we'll share the responses that we get with folks. We can just kind of start thinking creatively as a community. Right. I mean, because we can think all day, Kevin, but what we both know is those that are in the work are the ones coming up with just phenomenal ideas. And so let's share it with each other. We're happy to help do that. Um, and so let's share it with each other. That's exciting. Sounds good. Okay. Well, Paige, I am crestfallen because we now have the first significant modification to the podcast, which is that okay. the Hamilton not giving away my shot, which we explained about six different times, apparently is a little esoteric. And yeah, so it's not sticking. <laughs> it's not sticking. Not so sticking. as we get to the toward the end, we're going to be really creative because we're going to have the big finish. Yeah, I like it. I actually like it. It's a big finish. <laughs> also, previously known as not to shot. <laughs> I love it. All right. I love it. You can think of it either way, but here's the big finish. And so what's your big finish today, Paige? Mine is, is like what we were just kind of talking about is, you know, give your give yourself space to be creative. And so what we're all, we're kind of running through the motions and it's not just our organizations that we work with it, all of us, like it, life is busy and scary. Like we talked about in the beginning. And so give yourself space just to sit with a few people in your organization or family and friends and say, this is what I'm dealing with. Help me think differently. It, Everybody puts so much on their shoulders all the time now that they have to solve for everything. We live in a world where people, I still believe this, people love each other. They want to help each other. So sit down with your neighbor and ask them to be creative with you because you never know what could come out that will help you the next day or the next day create lifelong opportunities for people in your community. Well, I really like that because what you're asking people to do is to open up and ask for thought partners, which mm -hmm. is what community is about. 
And the idea of being creative, we're going to see all around us tonight, right? There are going to be people, little goblins and things wandering around the streets. And I yes. know you love that. And those are- I like the little goblins. It's the big ones that I like. The big ones that are a problem, right? It's the Elon Musk goblin. I'm not going as Elon <laughs> Musk this time. But, but the little ones are being creative. They're finding ways to live into who they you know, fantasize about, who they admire, who they think is fun or beautiful or whatever the case might be. And those are moments where they're trying on something new. They're trying on something different. And those are kids who- they put on a costume, they do makeup or whatever they do, and then they walk out into a community. And you know what they assume about that community? They assume the community is going to be receptive to them being something different. They assume the community is safe for them. That's our responsibility on Halloween and every day is to keep our communities safe so our kids can try on different costumes and become who they're going to become and love them along the way. And I'm so grateful for the organizations that we get to work with who do just like yeah. kind of every day. Well, and I think those, the kids are teaching us something. Creativity doesn't have to stop with when you stop trick-or-treating, right? Exactly. That they're teaching us to always be creative, always, you know, live into who you are. You bet. Paige, happy Halloween. And I, you too. I hope you get lots of candy tonight, Kevin. <laughs> I don't think that's happening in my house tonight, but Me I'm going to read us out. I've always wanted to say, I'm going to read us out. Yes. Staffing Safety Society is created by the Redwoods Group. It's produced by Stephen Doshert, you, Paige Bagwell, and me. If you like the show, tell a friend or leave us a review. That means a lot. And if you have topic suggestions or any kind of feedback, we'd love to hear them. Send an email to community at redwoodsgroup.com and we'll reply. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Redwoods Group. Staffing Safety Society is recorded weekly in North Carolina. I'm Kevin Trapani. Thanks for listening.